Let's go talk with Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com, the Michigan Insider, checking in on the Meyer guest line. Let's look ahead to New Year's Eve out in Scottsdale, Arizona, TCU and Michigan. And uh, Chris, as we step away from the hype of an undefeated season, another Big Ten championship for hardball, all the postseason awards, when you look at TCU Michigan from a pure football standpoint, where do you give the nod to Michigan and what concerns you about TCU? Yeah, great questions, Bill. And uh, first things first, man, this is a this is a good football team. And I don't think people understand that, you know, when you get to the playoff uh, and you play a team like this, this is the team that, for example, if Oklahoma were on their name, because this is kind of like an Oklahoma-type team from the past, really, really good offensively, have their problems defensively, but they can score in bunches. And they've got a, really a quarterback who I don't know if I'd call him elite, but he's he's really, really good and uh, throws a great ball. He can run. This is going to be the kind of challenge for Michigan that they haven't really seen. They've seen good quarterbacks like Aiden O'Connell. He couldn't move uh, against Purdue. They really what, threw up feet for, for like 340 yards, but he couldn't move out of the pocket, so they didn't have to worry about that aspect. Duggan can actually move, and so this is going to be a new challenge for them. So I think that TCU is going to be able to move the ball. They haven't been great in the red zone, so it's basically a big play team that if you can stifle them down there at the goal line and hold them to three, then you're going to be okay. So um, that's number one. Uh, but really, Michigan should be able to move the ball on these guys. They aren't as physical up front as they've seen in the Big Ten. Uh, and you'd feel better, obviously, if you had Blake Corum, who's not going to play in this game. And uh, really sounds like Bill, his, his rehab's going to go longer than expected. He never should have tried to go in that Ohio State game. And in my opinion, he got bad advice to try it. Who knows if he hurt himself worse. But uh, to have Donovan Edwards back there, he's going to be healthier. From what we've heard, he's had a procedure on his hand and should be good to go and, and with less of a cast than he's had. And then maybe even by the national championship game, have next to nothing on there except a little bit of protection. You can still run the ball. And I think they'll be able to run the ball on these guys and control it. So uh, it could be a higher scoring game, Bill. But to me, there's a reason Michigan's a favored by you know nine and a half points. I think it's going to be closer than that, but I like Michigan to win this game. Uh, from the Michigan side, you mentioned the health of Donovan Edwards. Obviously, Corum uh, not going to play. By the way, one one footnote on Corum. For him to finish seventh in the Heisman voting, uh, that's a travesty in my mind, Chris. I get he was hurt in the Illinois game. But what's interesting is all I hear is this body of work is what counts, even with the college football playoff committee, why Michigan isn't number one, because Georgia played Oregon in the non-conference and Michigan had three cupcakes on the non-conference side. And I get the full body of work that all the games matter. But then when it comes to the Heisman, well, Corum was hurt. And so you're just going to wipe out everything else before that. Yeah, it was ridiculous. He should have been there, really. He should have been there, and there's no question about it. <laughs> and, uh, Seventh in the Heisman voting? Are you kidding me? Why? Why yeah. not just make the Heisman the best quarterback award? Exactly. That's where it's. That's where it is now, and it's it's gotten silly like that. And uh, but he deserves uh, everything he, he's getting in terms of the the postseason accolades. And you know, I do know immediately after that Illinois game when he got hurt and it looked like he wasn't going to play against Ohio State, he was already talking about potentially coming back next year. And I think Michigan will try to 
to get him back, especially if he has a longer recovery time at this point, Bill. So uh, I'm not saying it will happen. I'm just saying it's a possibility because if he can't work out for teams, he was already projected as a third or fourth round pick. We'll see if he's going to go lower than that now, projected lower than that if he can't work out for teams for the combine. So, But I, I agree with you 100%. You look at what he accomplished and look at the numbers that he put up and his yards per carry. And the way he carried this team, Bill, and his importance to his team was really second to nobody in the country almost when it comes to uh, no matter what position. So uh, I agree with you there. And uh, But, hey, uh, maybe he'll come back next year for an encore and, uh, and get to live out all of his dreams and get all those awards. You know, when you when you start thinking about next year, I know we still have TCU on New Year's Eve, and with a win, and Michigan, like you mentioned, nine-and-a-half-point favorite on the DraftKings Sportsbook app big board. With a W, they're playing either Georgia or Ohio State, and I can't even fathom, we'll touch on it later, if that championship game at SoFi in Los Angeles is the Buckeyes and the Wolverines. Oh, my God. I mean, it, it just... It's surreal to even discuss, but I've been telling everybody this since the Big Ten championship game was halfway through, that Michigan is going to be your preseason number one in college football in America when this season is over. I'm talking about for next year. Yeah, they very well could be with everything they have coming back. They're going to lose a couple guys like Mozzie Smith, but you got to kid and true freshman Mason Graham who had an unbelievable year. Chris Jenkins will be back next year and they've got Ray Sean Benny. They've got depth up there. Kenneth Grant. That's going to be a strong defensive line in in terms of interior line and depth that they've had. They're looking for some edge rushers in the portal, but it looks like Yabi Oki is going to come back. Derek Moore, as a sophomore, as a kid primed to take a huge leap. Your linebackers, you're going to have Nakai Hill Green back. Michael Barrett, it looks like, is coming back for a sixth year to go with Junior Colson. Uh, they're, they're going to need to recruit a corner, too. Yeah, I think I think DJ Turner will probably leave, maybe Jamon Green. But Will Johnson looks like a star, doesn't he? Oh, so. he's just a stud. Yeah, and so you're going to have the offense, the receivers. You've got young receivers ready to step up. You've got J.J. McCarthy coming back, Donovan Edwards, maybe Blake Corum. So tight ends, uh, they lose Eric All, which was weird. And, uh, you know, boy, these captains didn't work out real well, did they? But uh, these tight ends, you've got, you got plenty, and they're a big part of the offense. Colston Loveland's going to be a future All-American. So uh, there's no question that they should be primed. Uh, they'll be top five at least. You know, there's SEC bias. It'll probably be Georgia or Alabama, but Michigan will be right there, and they're going to be the favorite to win the Big Ten, I'll tell you that, Bill, with C.J. Stroud leaving, and uh, and they get Ohio State at home next year. Imagine three in a row over the Buckeyes, that fan base is probably somebody's going to have to, to keep an eye on them if that happens. Well, maybe when they play Iowa in the Big Ten title game <laughs> in December of 2023 and Johnson picks off McNamara, takes it to the house and does the Heisman pose <laughs> in the end zone in Indy. You never know. You know what? Kate, uh, I, like, I tell you what, Cade McNamara and all, and I'm not going to judge him because they did a lot for Michigan football, but, yep. but the way they exited isn't a good look for them. It's not. I agree. I agree. And I think there are some things that Michigan probably could have done differently with Eric all without getting into detail, you know, with the, with the injury and everything. But with Cade McNamara, this guy, you know what? You lost your job. You got hurt. Um, uh, you lost your job fair and square. You had every opportunity. And in fact, you came out of fall and everybody said, you know what? He probably had a slight edge and he came out there in that first game and he didn't hold it. And you know, did he expect that they weren't going to have competition? Uh, if he did, then he 
he was mistaken, and Jim Harbaugh never promised him anything, and he said this position is for rent. Nobody owns this position, and J.J. McCarthy won it. And so uh, it's unfortunate to see him go out that way and sully his legacy like that. Uh, um, not just to, you know what, it's one thing to, okay, say that you're going to Iowa before, you know, right after the Big Ten championship game, and uh, but to not really support your teammates publicly and to, to bail on them uh, like he did and to say the things he said, like he was owed something or like he was wronged, really leaves a bad taste in your mouth, Bill. You know what? You just uh, said the positions for rent. I got a new nickname for Harbaugh, the landlord. Yeah. I really do. He should be yeah. known. He should be known as a landlord. Every for rent, he's got positions. I like yeah, that. Yeah. That's good, Chris. You're creative there at the Wolverine.com. <laughs> By the way, Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com joining us on the Meyer Guest Line. Talking Michigan football. We'll get into more of uh, TCU versus Michigan. What if the Buckeyes and the Wolverines are playing in the college football championship game? Do you shut down both programs and say it will never get any better than that? Uh, if you have a Michigan question, at Huge Show on Twitter, The Huge Show on Facebook. All of our uh, social network interaction is presented by the Grand Rapids Gold, the Denver Nuggets G League team. They play their home games inside Van Andel Arena in downtown GR. They do have a home game coming up tonight at Van Andel Arena. Tip-off at 7 p.m. Get your tickets at uh, Grand Rapids Gold, well, actually NBA Grand Rapids, at NBA Grand Rapids will be the Twitter feed. Uh, you can go to Van Andel Arena box office, search Grand Rapids Gold, and get your tickets. Uh, they're in action tonight uh, inside Van Andel Arena in downtown uh, GR. All right, Chris, uh, so the TCU matchup, I, they're not that typical, hey, we're going to win games 55-50. TCU actually has played a little bit more defense, which I think – was a big key in TCU getting uh, to the Final Four. I did watch that K-State game, and they went up and down the field. I'm just feeling that Michigan can beat you throwing the ball. They can pound the ball. Uh, Their offensive line, their defensive lines. You know, I'm kind of feeling an an easy double-digit victory uh, in that game. I am, but but when we look at Michigan football, and this is where I want to get your feedback Sure. How many games have, outside of Illinois, where they needed the rally, and it was a second-half performance comeback in Columbus, they haven't really been challenged in the second half too often this year outside of that Illinois game. Yeah, and Maryland, I would guess, would put it in there. They kind of pulled away in the fourth quarter. Right, and Maryland yeah. scored a, a late touchdown, but you're right. And uh, they've been a great second-half team. So, you know, we tend to overvalue the Big Ten at times. Uh, if you look at the... The playoff, as a matter of fact, I think they just ranked all the the playoff teams. Somebody did the athletic. I think the Michigan State team was dead last at 36. The Michigan's team last year was 27th. You know, those teams that generally make it as that fourth team, that sacrificial lamb, uh, haven't been great. Yeah, even from the Big Ten, Ohio State once in a while, obviously, but even then they've gotten blown out in the playoffs. So, um, and I think I think TCU is being undervalued a little bit. I really do. And uh, you look at what they've accomplished, and you know. Again, it wasn't great competition they were playing, but some of the venues they played in and won. Baylor's a tough place to win. Texas is a tough place to win. And they played good defensive football against those teams. So I'm expecting one of those games that's going to be it's going to be a third and fourth quarter game. Uh, because let's be honest, that's what it's been for Michigan all year. They made great adjustments in the second half. 
and then they bury you by just continuing to beat on you. And I think that's going to be the key. They're going to have to be able to run the ball and keep that, tex- that Texas Christian offense off the field a little bit. But I love their quarterback. I love how he battles. Uh, Max Duggan, is he looks like a running back playing quarterback, but who can actually throw, who's an elite passer, too. And they've got some deep threats that that are really good. We saw what Charlie Jones did from Purdue against Michigan uh, was outstanding. So I think he had 13 catches at least for 160 yards. So they're going to have to be better there. And uh, and again, this is a different challenge. So I think it's going to be one of those things where Jesse Minter, Michigan's defensive coordinator, is going to have to make adjustments. But uh, I think this is going to be a fourth quarter game. I think Michigan wins it. I think they have they're going to be able to run the ball and they have too much power on offense. But uh, but to me, this is going to be one of those that comes right down to it. And then I'll be honest, I love Georgia in this game. We've been talking to people in Columbus, and and they are having a hard time, from what we understand, motivating this Ohio State team to play against Georgia. Isn't that funny? You lose to Michigan and you have that hangover and you still make the playoff and you have an opportunity to play your rival once again and uh, we've heard that they've had to actually throw some money at some of their stars just to play in this game NIL money which is crazy I don't I haven't confirmed that bill but if that's the case man then boy that's an indication of where where NIL and everything else is and, and in the day and age of college football well and you can see with these what I, what I'll call high NIL led programs the motivation is money. And when your motivation yes. is money, and, and not just for this college football playoff game, I'm talking about the year. I go back to C.J. Stroud that if you're driving a Bentley, Rolls, whatever the dealer gave you, and an offensive lineman's having a tough time getting money to go through a drive through or yeah. or take a, a girlfriend out on a date, uh, I'm, I'm telling you, that that is not going to build the team concept. And I'm looking at teams like Tennessee and Alabama that imploded this year. And, yeah. and, and NIL heavy. Uh, Texas A&M, yep. NIL heavy. You know, the SEC was NIL before NIL uh, was legit. And now this open market, uh, you're going to get teams that are going to have an NFL feel to them where there isn't a lot of emotion and playing for each other. Which, by the way, the Lions look like they do play for each other, but we'll see yeah. when they all attain pro success how how that comes into play. But yeah, Ohio State, I can see it. Uh, these guys are all yep. thinking NFL. Uh, they're all five stars. Uh, you got to pay me to play, uh, yeah. and then other guys know that uh, they're not getting paid to play, but other guys are. How, how do you get a team to buy in on that? Exactly, Bill, and it ruined Tennessee before that South. Oh, Carolina I know. Game. You yeah. can see it. Yeah. You can look on the field. You can look at Alabama on the sidelines where they used to be jumping around and everybody going crazy. These dudes are all are, so Bryce Young's going to get a seven figure, you know, seven figure yep. deal, and guys on that team aren't making squat. How, how do you get everybody uh, to pull the rope? If I can use a Butch Jones. Uh, phrase yeah. in the same direction. It, it can't happen with guys who are 18 to 24 ish. No way. Yeah, yeah. And I'll say roll the boat, man, and on honor of PJ Fleck. But as you're right, they got to roll in the same direction, and, and it did. Well, I think Butch used pull the rope or something. I remember yeah. him at CMU, and I'm like, really, Butch? Yeah. Yeah, you pull the rope. Richrod <laughs> uh, Rich actually had it painted on the uh, wall. Hold the rope, and I'm like, where it would it? Oh, well, hold on. That might have been. It. Hold on. I think I think Butch was on Richrod's staff. Was well, there it you at, go. at West Virginia? I think he was a wide receivers coach. So it was uh, yep. was he yank my chain, pull my rope? I forget what it was called. 
<laughs> Whatever it was. Well, with Rich, it was definitely yank my chain. Right? Well, it was but, like uh, it was like good old boy network. Of Rich going, Bill. I want I want to introduce you to my defensive staff, and I look at them, and all of a sudden I hear. Or send in the clowns. No, <laughs> no. I met Calvin McGee. Now, this is when I first went down, you know, Schembechler yeah. Hall back in the day when Michigan used to let me do live shows there. Yeah. Is that uh, I think I've been too honest. Uh, I'm not exactly on that invite list. Uh, signing of the stars. No more Bill backstage with Brady, Jeter, Harbaugh, uh, uh, the Migos, Leland, uh, Bob Kayser. Uh, you know, Brady talked about not showering after the uh, loss to the Niners on Sunday. I swear to God, when I was standing there with John Jansen, the University of Michigan Facebook page, uh, football Facebook page, we were doing the live Facebook interviews uh, at Signing of the Stars, the very first yes. one at that uh, auditorium. And, yes. and Brady comes in, and all of a sudden, like Abloff or someone says, hey, Tom's ready with... Jansen, so we go into one of the, you know, side rooms. There wasn't a lot of room, and I'm telling you, it's Jeter's with his, you know, Miss Columbia or whatever his wife is now, and yeah. it, it would so you name it. Every the backstage is unbelievable, and Brady looks like he hasn't showered, like he's wearing the yeah. clothes from last night, and it's like yeah. eleven thirty, twelve o'clock in the afternoon. And, and I go to stand next to him, and me and Jansen had to wear, like, you know, maize and blue blazers. They got us from, like, the team travel uh, department, whatever. My blazer, you know, looked like it was a, a, a 9X. It was hanging down. I looked like a kid who had to go to confirmation and has got a jacket that doesn't fit him. And then yeah. Brady, Brady walks in, and I'm like, and I'm like, oh, my God. This dude, like his clothes were wrinkled. I'm serious, like, and he and he yeah. smelled. And what do I do? I can't. You don't, you don't do anything. You I can't anything. begin the interview with hi everybody. John Zanson, Bill Simons, and University of Michigan uh, football Facebook Live. We're backstage here, sign of the stars. Tom Brady's joining us, and damn, Tom, you reek. I can't. Yeah. I can't do that. I'll say three things about that. Number one, you did a hell of a job as the voice of God, as Jim Harbaugh called you. Um, so that was fantastic. Number yeah, but two, uh, you know what? He stopped. He stopped believing in Jesus a couple of years later when I had to be honest about the program. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Uh, you know what? You're not the first, and you won't be the last. It happens. You got to be honest, otherwise, Bill. What's the point of doing a radio show or doing what I do? You know, I've been I've trust been me. You know, Chris, you. I ask myself that question almost every day. What's the point? Right. Yep. But I, I've been honest about Michigan's NIL, and I will be, you know, saying that the athletic department is dropping the ball. I wrote a column on it yesterday saying that you don't have to be pay for play, but you have to, there's got to be a sweet spot here, and you've got to embrace it in some fashion, and they have been slow to do that, and that's not, that's not okay. But back to your signing of the stars, the second thing on that is the good thing is they've gotten away from that, and they were signing stars, and these guys were playing not to get hurt, and you can't build culture that way. That's another way to, that guys aren't going to trust each other outside of NIL is if, hey, this guy's going half speed and I'm sitting here busting my butt. And I'll use an example, Chase Winovich, when they were asking him, you know, would you consider sitting out a bowl game? He said, that's not in my DNA. And you have captains sitting out bowl games at Michigan, and you've got guys that are now shining in the NFL that were thinking about sitting out seasons, Bill, because they had like a torn pinky toenail or something like that. That's not going to win you anything. Now they've got guys that are playing together, and you're hearing Ohio State 
fans say, man, we wish we had more guys like that. More guys like Rod Moore, who we had on our podcast last week on with Doug Skeen, who's just fantastic, was a three-star kid, but is all over the place and, and knows the game and just wants to win. So, And then the third thing I'll say is it was funny, John Jansen, listening to him talk about NIL and that day, how he's back there and how they all reassumed their roles. It didn't matter that Tom Brady was one of the most successful quarterbacks of all time and one of the most famous people in the world. He and Aaron Shea were sitting there picking on him, and he's sitting there looking at the floor and all shucks and then everything else, like just like he was that freshman back in 1995 or whatever. So, But that was a good day, but it's good that they've moved on, and Jim Harbaugh's gotten back to his roots of building a team that's going to kick your butt in the trenches on both sides of the ball, and you can win that way in the Big Ten with man ball, and you can win that way nationally, and we're seeing it again. Yeah, I just I, I, I will go back, and I'll see a photo on my phone or a Facebook memory, and I, I remember backstage there where I turned over my shoulder, and it's Jeter, and it's Brady, and it's uh, it, there's Harbaugh, and there's a who's who of people walking through here, and it's really tight quarters, and then yeah. the, the, the band, the Migos, and Leland were in the smoking room, and, and, and the and the smoke coming out just wasn't Marlboro's. And I'm thinking <laughs> it, it was so surreal. And Derek Holland yeah. is hung over. We had party with him the night before. Brad Keselowski, <laughs> the NASCAR driver. And then I'm watching the captain on ESPN+. Plus. I was catching up on that. And you see Jeter's love for Michigan. I mean, you, yeah. you, you see that. And then that's what made me think the other night about just that backstage. And then... How beautiful it is now that I can't get a damn interview with anybody from Michigan football. <laughs> and I went down there and wore like a a suit that, you know, I looked like I stole off a rack. But it was, I'll never forget that. It was awesome. It no. really was. And then Ric Flair. Ric Flair comes out. That was crazy. Oh, God. There, everyone backstage. It was so yeah. packed back there that yeah. um, I remember before we're going to start, all of a sudden Hardball goes, you have a script? And I go, no, I'm freelancing. He goes, yeah. Are you sure you can do this? And then and all of a sudden the lady with the like the headset's going, All right, thirty seconds, thirty seconds, Bill. And there I hear him uh and she's going, I'm gonna point. Are you ready? And uh and she goes, thirty seconds and hardball well, she says thirty seconds, hardball goes, Are you sure? Are you sure? I'm like, Yeah, I'm sure. And I'm like, you know, there's all these people, but all I see is hardball and me. And then he goes, All right, go get him and he pats me on the damn ass like I'm a quarterback yeah. going in to run a play. <laughs> well, it's awesome, though, man, and, and and that's who he is, and that's a good thing. It was man. a firm, smooth hand right on my ass. <laughs> I don't think we needed the detail there. Well, <laughs> and then I, I forget who else was there. There were so many people coming and going. I, I remember when Rashawn Gary almost went to Clemson, and, and, yep. and there's commotion, like 1230-ish, and Hackett goes, uh, the, the you know, the AD that brought Harbaugh, former AD of Michigan, I go, what's going on? He goes, oh, yeah, uh, Rashawn Gary, I guess, uh, is getting a better offer somewhere. And I'm like, yeah. And I go, I go, really? And then all of a sudden, uh, you close the door and you hear Harbaugh getting loud with, uh, I, I assume it was an assistant, not Gary's mom or family. Yeah. And they're all going back and forth. And, uh, and, and now here's the Sklar brothers. You know, you're like doing and yeah. it, it, that backstage. And I brought along Bob Kayser, who's a huge Michigan fan, the voice of the Grand Rapids Griffins, because I wanted a Michigan fan I knew that this experience would be out of body almost. And yeah. it, I never envisioned backstage 
Brady didn't have no underarm deodorant on. He didn't have his hair. His <laughs> shirt was wrinkled. Uh, Jeter comes walking in with, I think, was it Miss Columbia or whatever, the beautiful woman he married. She was gorgeous. And, yeah, and I'm like, this is unbelievable. And Leland was there, who actually was a nice guy. And I, I, I did bring up the fact uh, in talking to Leland for like 14 hours during that time, the night before and that day, How'd you blow 2006 and 2013 <laughs> World Series rings? Hey, he got them there. Jimmy Smokes did all right, man. Oh, so, yeah, you I remember did. after they beat the Yankees? Uh, yeah. In the, Would you rather have had him or Brad Osmus in, in, uh, to, to, to go up oh, I, I tell you what, though. Uh, you know, Osmus, uh, give me Garden Hire or the last two. Give me A.J. Hinch or Garden right. Hire. They have at least yep. one of those rings, if not both. Probably, and you know what? Those, you know what? Let's be honest. Verlander didn't pitch well either. So, man, we can go back and relive oh, that. But and now, now he's making forty three million a year with the Mets for two years and insane. multiple rings, right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, before we go, I got to ask you, man. What'd you put in Jared Goff's Cheerios? By the way, this guy has turned it around. And you said he was a good quarterback, and I made fun of you. And here he is looking like a good quarterback. What the hell? You don't have to. There? You don't have to apologize. Okay, I'm not. <laughs> Who's apologizing? I'm apologizing. You're apologizing to me. No, I, <laughs> I, I think he has weapons, and when he had weapons yeah. with the Rams, he went to a Super Bowl. And um, I was a year late on my prediction that Golf would get more wins than Stafford. So, uh, yep. you know, that takes away at least two to three hours of sleep every night. Um, <laughs> but I'll, I'll say this right now: with the way he's playing. Uh, and the youth they have on defense and on offense, uh, I think they're going to give Goff a two, three-year extension, and uh, he's still in his 20s, and he's the guy for the next three, four years with the Lions. I, I really I believe that. So. Well, he's I hope so great. now. Oh, I hope yeah, so now. Exactly. Exactly. You know what matters, buddy, is, is having a running game, too. And that's something that Stafford never had here. But when you can run play action like they do, and you've got the threat of a running game, this is the best running game I've seen since Barry Sanders, obviously. And it's not close, right? You don't need elite backs when you've got great line play and you've got a quarterback like that and receivers like he does. But they are opening holes and they are actually moving the ball on the ground, too, and that matters. But he's making good decisions. And, man, you know, of course, now you look back and you think, boy, I wish they wouldn't have blown this game or that game. And they'd in good shape, but you know what? They seem to be on the right track, Bill, and they sucked me back in. So, which means I'm probably going to be disappointed here. No, you won't. Uh, again, no, really did soon. you see I the? Not. Did you see the video of how fast Jamison Williams separated? I know there was some yeah. blown coverage, but there was a safety at one point within about five yards of him, and how fast he made it—15 yards. It was. Yeah. Look at that video of his touchdown to start that game, and that's the future. Yep. And. Believe it or not, uh, the Lions will see. They got to win out, I think, to make the playoffs. And there's three road games. That's still tough, but uh, fun to watch right now. Chris Ballas, by the way, the other voice you're hearing from the Wolverine.com. You can follow everything Michigan football leading up to, during, and after the TCU game. And uh, if they get to the championship game, uh, it could be Ohio State. I doubt Ohio State can beat Georgia. So, Chris, stick around. I want to get a few minutes on the what if. Sure. Uh, the Buckeyes and the Wolverines are playing uh, for the national championship. You bet. Uh, Chris Ballas and the Wolverine.com joining us here on the Huge Radio Network. We are back on the Huge Show across Michigan. Chris Ballas and the Wolverine.com, the Michigan Insider, joining us. Uh, so we both like Michigan to beat TCU in the college football playoff semifinal. Ohio State, I, I can't believe the money has gone 
on the Buckeyes from the start on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, uh, big board. I think it began at seven and a half. Uh, Ohio State was getting. It's gone down to six and a half, fluctuates back up to seven. But the money on the Buckeyes, I haven't understood that at all. Mm-mm. I don't either. Playing in Atlanta and against a Georgia team that plays to the level of its. Why are people really- betting on the Buckeyes? Well, they're Ohioans, so they're not very smart to start. So, um, but number one, number two, uh, you know, I think a lot of people are thinking, boy, they're, they're going to have uh, a lot of motivation to play Michigan again and erase that. And we've heard just the opposite. It's like, okay, you know, we've got another opportunity, but Ryan Day's really having a hard time motivating his guys. And um, you know, they are playing in a dome, right? So maybe that'll maybe that'll help them. But I think this Georgia team is is Michigan on steroids, not literally uh, necessarily, but. This is a team that's going to give them fits in a lot of ways that Michigan did. And so I think they're going to be able to run the ball on them. I think they're going to be able to throw on them. Stephen Bennett, I think, is underrated. So I think they're going to put up a lot of points, and I, I think they're going to win handily. But to me, um, it really comes down to, uh, it, you know what, C.J. Stroud. And if he has a great game somehow and uh, and avoids the turnovers that he had against Michigan, then I think he can help keep them in this game. But uh, they are not. Uh, they are not in Georgia's class, in my opinion. I think Georgia's still the team to beat uh, handily. There's no question, Bill. I think they'd probably be about a an eight or nine point favorite or seven point favorite against Michigan, even so, uh, in the championship game. But regardless, um, I can't wait to see it. I, the fact that we get the early game in Arizona, get to do our writing, and then uh, maybe catch like the late parts of that game. Just being there two years in a row covering Michigan football is. Who would have guessed this a couple of years ago, Bill? Certainly not me. Yeah, most Michigan fans that I've talked to since Michigan beat Purdue and won that Big Ten title in Ohio State on that Sunday afterwards got that fourth spot. Most Michigan fans don't want Ohio State in that championship game because you're giving the Buckeyes uh, a chance to erase what happened in Columbus and hold mm-hmm. a national championship trophy over Michigan fans forever. Yep. There's two ways to look at it, and that's one of them. And, and, you know, you want them to stew on that loss for 365 days. I mean, that's just the way it is when, you're, when you've are when you got these rivalries. Uh, number two, could you imagine if you beat them a third time? And somebody, one Ohio State fan we talked to and one Ohio State writer said, if Michigan beat them twice in a year, once in Columbus and once for the national championship, that would undo everything that's happened in the last 17 years, and basically you're back on level ground. And it's hard to argue, man. That would be unbelievable. And I would think a lot of pressure would be on Ohio State at that point because they talked a good game, Bill, and they said uh, the day of the game, they said, oh, they've done their talking and it was a fluke and this and that. They're still, they're calling this last game a fluke. When they had a, Michigan had a scoop and score at the end of that game that the official called back, you know, and called dead for some reason. Otherwise, that's a 50 point, another 50 spot on them. And they're sitting there calling that one a fluke too when they got their butts kicked 28 to 3 in the second half. So there would be even more pressure on them in this game, in my opinion. But I don't think it's going to happen. Again, though I've been wrong. Uh, I said though when we were talking five weeks ago, Bill, and I said there's still a great chance for Michigan to get to the to the playoff, even if they lose to Ohio State. Everything had to happen, and everything did happen. USC lost. You had Clemson losing a couple times, so uh, anything can happen. But uh, you know, I'm looking at Michigan, Georgia. Michigan, Georgia. I do agree. And then SoFi Stadium, January 9th, will be the college football playoff national championship. Can't imagine what it will be like no matter if it's Georgia or Ohio State, and Ohio State takes it to a whole nother level. Chris Ballas of the Wolverine.com joining us on the Meyer guest line. Remember, you can gear up for everything University of Michigan 
football and athletics, quality license official team gear, a huge selection. Always had that great Meyer price inside the team gear department at your local Meyer and follow everything Michigan uh, in their march to Los Angeles for a national championship at the Wolverine.com. Chris, appreciate the conversation. Uh, we'll talk when we get closer to kickoff. Sounds great, brother. Thanks for having me, Bill. Right.